the Nerd Ascended Podcast. I'm Natalie. And I'm Chelsea. And this is what we're nerding out about this week. Hi nerds, welcome back to the Nerd Ascended Podcast. It's been 500 years. Which is the status quo since we've been at here. this point. So, Yes, but I have a good reason this time. Ryan and I were moving. Yay! Which took a lot of effort and emotional and mental and physical time. Yes. But we moved. I'm no longer in the closet in Omaha. Yes, so pour one out for the podcast recording closet. Yeah, we moved to Colorado, uh, downsized by 350 square feet. About the size of your closet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so now I'm recording in our guest bedroom. Woo! So hopefully it's not echoey, but I doubt it because it's not that big in here. Yeah. <laughs> and full of stuff that probably needs unpacked, so... It's dampening Yes, sound. this is our half-unpacked yeah. room. <laughs> uh, since it's been so long, and we really did not intend to take that long of a break, especially in October, November, uh, we decided we wanted to do another catching up episode over just some big topics that have happened over the past couple months since our last episode. So not quite a nerd news, because a lot of it's pretty old, but it's things that we wanted to talk about. Yes! Things we have opinions on. I have a lot of opinions. (laughs) On many things. And whether you want them or not, you're getting them. That's what our podcast is. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to change the tagline to opinions, whether you want them or not. Well, isn't that why everyone starts a podcast? Uh, Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Okay, let's just dive into a very old story but we talked about it between each other a lot when it happened which is Faze Jarvis a 17 year old streamer who used to play Fortnite mostly has been banned for life from Fortnite for downloading and using a third party aimbot software which when you sign up for Fortnite and pretty much probably every online play multiplayer game where you're playing against other people you have to agree to terms and conditions pretty basic and the terms and conditions even if you don't read them they do say you can't do third-party aimbot software like it's cheating you will get banned for life and epic uh carried through they banned him for life it was a big deal uh he cried a lot (laughs) which (laughs) i don't blame him uh, a lot, several big Fortnite players defended him, including Ninja, and saying Epic was being too harsh and they should take it back and lift the ban. Um, I did a little bit of searching a few minutes ago, and I don't. Well, actually, mm. looking at his Twitter, he posted something December fifth that says still looking for a duo for a link for Fortnite competitive, so they might have let him back in. Which changes my comments on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was just checking that, too, to see if he'd been let back in. Um, so I know he took a short break from making videos because he was trying to figure out what was going on. Um, so I don't know if, like, I am trying to figure out here, what it, what exactly is he doing? Did they unban him, or is he just doing uh, what he wants. How long ago was that? Because he has Fortnite stuff from October 21st. Um, he got banned at the beginning of November. Okay, so that was after mm-hmm. that. The thing that he posted two days ago from the time of recording this looks like he got let back in. So I'm not entirely sure if he's been unbanned or what's going on. Three days ago, he posted some video with him playing Fortnite with um, someone else. I'm not familiar with all the people who are on phase, but so he maybe is unbanned. He maybe doesn't get to do competitive anymore. But the point is that at one point earlier this fall, he was fully banned and there was a lot of discussion on whether that was an appropriate response or not. Uh, For me, I get that he's just like a, what is he? A 17 year old kid something like that yeah i get the idea that it's kind of a hefty punishment and that 
it, it was a, like a major part of his career or whatever. But here's the thing. If your career and your talent is based on a falsehood, that's them's the breaks you know like that's that's a life lesson you should move on and i think the band was in my opinion entirely appropriate yeah i think uh i saw some other fortnite gamers uh side with epic like not because they don't like the kid but they were saying you know it seems even more appropriate since you are in the public eye that when you go against the rules that they follow through on what they say they'll do. The the statement Ninja said was a little uh, off-putting. And he later apologized for it because he basically said he shouldn't be banned because he's not some kid just playing it. It's how he makes money. Which to me is more of a reason for him to be banned. Yes. Honestly. And it, if you look at any other job, if I do something at my job that I signed, you know... I sign you all, when you start a job you sign agreements on conduct. Yes. And if I do something on that that they told me absolutely no, then I should get fired. Like it's Yeah, it's a it's not any different. And than it's that. also I I realize there is this is not quite an apt comparison, but just thinking of it being an inappropriate and unacceptable enhancement if someone in the NFL is taking steroids, they get fired. They lose their job. Yeah. So what was that that biker? Oh, uh, Lance Armstrong. <laughs> yes, he. Well, does he bike? I don't anymore? think he does. No, he yeah. got banned, didn't he? And that's because these types of competitions and athletics and esports as part of athletics, for the integrity to remain, people need to play by the rules and use their actual talent and practice and develop their skills and you know not cheat. And obviously, esports is a still a very very new um thing and it still is facing a lot of uh challenges and being taken seriously mainstream and people doing things like that mm. is not going to help at all no and it, i do feel like the kid was remorseful yeah and he learned a lesson and i hardly think his career is ruined no. like there's so many other professional gamers and let's players that don't play Fortnite and make a great they make a great yeah there's overwatch there's apex legends there's there's gonna be who knows what this next year yeah well and even when you look at the esports competitive stuff for money Fortnite isn't even the biggest Mm -mm. one like league of legends is huge yeah there's there's definitely opportunity and I mean, I, I agree. I think he was remorseful, too. I do think he would have kept doing it had he not gotten caught, um, at yeah. least for a little bit. But, you know, we know as people who like video games and play it, no matter what other people outside the esports world may say, there is a lot of skill and practice and that kind of thing involved. And I know some esports teams have requirements for their players to actually go to the gym and you know, keep their physical fitness in check too because that helps with your, well, reaction time when you're playing. It helps with your endurance to sit and focus and keeps you healthy and all of that too. Helps your mental fortitude. And it is very much a sport and I'm excited to see how esports grows, but people doing things like that is not going to help at all. Yeah. If you... Are one of those people that's so totally against esports and like it's just a video game. Uh, there's a great episode of the show called Explained on Netflix. It's like an 18 minute thing about esports and just like what it means and the legitimate legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of it. Yeah, <laughs> that legitimacy is totally a word. <laughs> I don't have a master's degree yeah. in English. <laughs> I do. But. And, you know, I think some people think a lot of these esports players tend to be younger. Some of them are teenagers. They're like early 20s, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think sometimes people use that as like a way to delegitimize it and be like, it's just all these kids. But here's the thing. Most professional NFL players are below 30. Um, gymnasts yeah. that perform in the Olympics are by and large teenagers. It's just the kind of thing, 
I mean, kids now obviously have the opportunity to grow up with these video games and get practice in, where a lot of adults would be coming in late. But I mean, it's not like that's a new thing for athletics in general. No, like if you look at look at Olympians, most of them, well, not most, but a large part of them are mm-hmm. under twenty. And, like, the biggest American tennis player right now that beat Venus Williams is 14. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, that's kind of a... <laughs> it's not new. It's <laughs> kind of a thing. And, obviously, um, there's a lot to think about with sports and doing it that young and doing it competitively, competitively and how you might be feeling once you reach 40 and how hard that is on your body. And I'm sure there'll be things like that with esports, too, just in a different way. But all that to say, this isn't, like, outside the realm of normal. This is actually very normal. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was a very serious thing, and I think Epic handled it as they should have. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like being a parent. Yeah. To a human or an animal, like when you make a threat, you follow through. <laughs> you follow through, and then they learn their lesson. And I think the kid will be fine. He has a lot of money. He's did not get dropped from his gamer uh, mm-hmm. group. And there's so much more he can do. And even though we couldn't really figure it out, he posted something about playing Fortnite duos Yeah, in a tournament. So he might be back in it. And either way, <laughs> even if he's not, he will be fine. So. <laughs> he will be fine. I promise there's lots of other games that people play professionally, even if they don't play it competitively, mm-hmm. that they can make their living off of it yes um in other game news a game that no one is going to be playing competitively ever (laughs) for sure um (laughs) death stranding came out um and i believe that was november when it finally came out now if you don't know uh the backstory of death stranding what this started as was actually a new installment in the silent hill series And there was a lot of work done on it, and to kind of promote it and test out um, some of the features, they released Silent Hills PT, PT standing for Playable Trailer, and which was it was absolutely terrifying. (laughs) It's still terrifying to me. Still, I I didn't even play it. I just watched other people play it on YouTube, and it was utterly terrifying. But it was. The concept was fascinating, and um, the thing that, of course, stuck out to everybody in particular was the fact that they were using um, motion capture technology, and the main character was not only voiced by Norman Reedus, he was basically Norman Reedus, because he looked exactly like him. He was Norman Reedus. (laughs) Um, So, there was, I would encourage you to Google this if you're interested, because there's a lot of backstory that goes back farther than, you know, this actual individual game. But um, this was a production of Hideo Kojima, and um, Guillermo del Toro, the director, was involved in some way. And um, essentially, the place they were going to originally produce this with, there was a big blow up and... They parted ways in Silent Hills PT, despite going completely viral and being hugely successful just for a trailer. People were so interested. The project died. It went goodbye, Um, which is still very sad. I would have loved watching YouTubers play that. But they obviously Mm. had a lot of work done on this. There was obviously some concepts that Kojima still wanted to experiment with. So he took the project in a different direction and has been teasing it for a long time. Um, And the resulting game is called Death Stranding. Now, it still does have Norman Reedus as the main character. Guillermo del Toro is one of the side characters in it, so he's in there. Um, And people have been basically anticipating this for a long time, for years at this point. Um, and right up until the day it came out, even with some of the gameplay footage they released, people were like, what in the hell is this? What is this game? Um, cause it's definitely not a Silent Hills game. And no, uh, it doesn't look creepy and at all. It, I will say from the little bit I've played, there is, there is some creepy stuff in there. It's not, it's not the same 
style of Silent Hills, for sure. But um, there is some creepy stuff on there. So overall, it's gotten, I would say, high B, B plus level reviews for most people. Um, I am not finished with it. I've played about three or four hours worth of it. Um, And most of the reviews I've seen have said things like, I don't even know how to review if this is a good or bad game. And there are a lot of issues, but I feel like it's a game everyone should experience. Is kind of the general consensus. So I will say from the few hours I've played so far, it is bizarre. It is absolutely bizarre. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's it's the kind of game that like you try to explain to people. And the minute the words come out of your mouth, you're like, my God, you're going to think I'm completely crazy because you're like, I'm, I'm this character named Sam and I've got this thing that has a fetus in it and I connect to it via uh, kind of like an umbilical cord and it helps me see the monsters and when it gets upset, I have to rock it. And you're like, cool. <laughs> Which is, it's a far, we've come a far away from the creepy little fetus of baby in the yes. sink. That was in Silent Hill. Yes. And as Jack Septic I said on his YouTube videos, playthroughs of this, it's basically Norman Reedus and his amazing fetus, um, which is <laughs> yeah. most of the game. Um, I will say I agree with a lot of the reviews I've read in that um, Kojima is not, uh, his talent does not lie with dialogue and developing. Dialogue it, it is very hard. Which is not an excuse. I'm just saying it's... Yeah, it's it's very hard. Very hard. <laughs> um, the game does a lot of telling versus showing, um, which mm-hmm. I would say is probably a common pitfall of video games anyway. But there, yeah. <laughs> there are just kind of some conversations that come up that are... They're giving you the player backstory, but it makes zero sense for those people to be having that conversation in that manner. Like, because they would already know. So there's a reason for them to have that conversation. But um, the game itself is insanely beautiful. Like, it's, it is incredible. You know, we are so far past the days of where we'd have, like, a gorgeous cutscene, and then it would have to load for 30 seconds, and then you'd be in the game that, you know, was, like, three levels down from the cutscene that they had created. This is, like... <laughs> yeah. And you have yes. both hands. This is, like... <laughs> the cutscenes are so seamless into it, and it, it's like the same quality of stuff, and it's insane. Um, so, I mean, on that level, it's beautiful, and it does a really, it uses music in a really interesting way, um, because where I'm at now, a lot of the game involves me kind of uh, walking for a while, walking or running for a while over long distances, and music will like an actual song with lyrics and it's, you know, uh, from an actual band or artist, um, will come up as you're going across there and it will bring up on the screen the name of the artist and the song. And it's like very specifically, like, like in a movie, it's meant to set the tone and kind of like add to the story as you're literally just running across the field or, you know, you're not fighting anything, you're just going a distance. But he's using music to kind of add to the story as you're doing that. So, um, yeah, it's it's bizarre. I'll have to check back in after I've actually finished it. Um, the first time it wanted me to rock the little fetus to calm it down, um, it it showed, like, the image of the PS4 controller on the screen and had arrows, so I knew I was supposed to rock it. But, you know, as someone who is probably a serious button masher, my instinct was to do it like this really fast so that I would like, you know, get the thing calmed down. And I'm like rocking it and Kevin is sitting there watching me and he's like, oh my God, stop shaking that baby. What are you doing? (laughs) And he was very upset with me. And then I figured out you do in fact need to like gently, gradually rock it so it'll calm down. Um, Kevin did also, also did not appreciate this scene where um, when I was initially returning the little baby because something was wrong with it and they were like, eh, it's just equipment. We're going to get rid of it and retire this one. And Sam was like, no, I kind of like this little baby thing. Can we not do that? And the little baby in his container puts his hand on the glass and blows a bubble in the shape of a heart. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin did not like it at all. He was like, uh, 
no. Um, so I will have to report back on that, but it is, it is very just hard to describe what the heck it is. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have not played it. I probably won't, even though I do find it interesting. I think that's one. I'm going to watch uh, probably Jacksepticeye's playthrough of it. But, you know, the episode, it's like a TV show. <laughs> like, they're like hour-long videos. So I needed to have less TV shows before I can yeah get into those. Because it's like watching a... It's a, it's it a is time a commitment. It's like watching an hour-long TV series for... I don't even know how many parts he has. He has yeah, a it's a, it's it's a very, a very big long game. game, I've heard. So, yeah. Yeah. I will say, controversially... I looked at a list of most disappointing games of 2019 for, you know, this person's mm-hmm. opinion. And they had Death Stranding as number two. What was number one? I won't tell you what number one is because I'm going to tell you in our next oh, episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's interesting because, I mean, I know a lot of people, I can I can absolutely see where, based off what Silent Hill PT was, if that's what you wanted, I don't think you would like Death Stranding for sure. <laughs> This person's reasoning for it being disappointed was it was way too much walking. It's a lot me. of it's a lot of walking, and I think, I I think Kojima has a. There's something he's trying to do, with that, and yeah. it's it's a little bit more. I think it's meant to be kind of kind of a contemplative, and you know that kind of thing. Um, so that's my thought. I guess I'll have to see if I stand by that thought when I finish it, but. Is this Kojima's first major video game release? Other than, you know? like, through Silent Hill or uh, Metal Gear Solid? Oh, I, did, I didn't know about Metal Gear Solid. It might be... Is it his most um, story-based video game? That's a good question. It might be. I know I read something that he's interested in doing a movie, not of Death Stranding, but just like a movie in general. And I know a lot of people were like, oh, honey, no, don't. Oh, I feel like he should. Uh, I mean, I also feel like if this is his his first attempt at a long, sprawling story-based video mm-hmm. game, that if he makes another one, it'll be more refined. Yeah, he like he'll... And it won't have those clunky pieces of walking too much. I think, I think a lot of people were concerned about the movie idea because of like the dialogue thing. And the the telling not showing. And, I mean, if he was doing something that was an original idea, not based off of, a, off of a video game, because video games honestly very rarely actually translate well as a movie, because... Yeah, movies and video games are usually... Yeah, and bad. it's because <laughs> when you play a video game, you're spending like 30 plus hours with this stuff, you know, and... And learning yeah. the story as you go along and that you can't do that with a movie. And so they very rarely work. But I wouldn't put, uh, I wouldn't count him out for like a movie thing for sure. I would be interested in seeing what the idea is. I would definitely give him a chance at a mm-hmm. movie. And who knows, maybe at that point, he, I, I think he's a very intelligent and very mm-hmm. creative and maybe he's the type of artist that will look at like middling reviews because I've had I've seen a lot of um, professional creators say don't look at the one star reviews of your stuff because it will just hurt yeah. You. But you can look at the middling stuff, like the middle reviews, to learn maybe where your weak points are. So maybe he'd do that, and if he made a movie, he'd have some other writers or he'd have other people to refine the dialogue yeah. for him. Tap into, recognize where your strengths and your weaknesses are and bring on people who can cover your weaknesses. That would be my, yeah. um, my thing. Anyway, um, to wrap that up, I just saw on Wikipedia here that on November 10th of this year, Kojima was awarded two Guinness World Records for most followed video game director on Twitter and Instagram. So oh, lovely. I think he seems like a. I think he seems like a good person too. So yes. I'll root for him. We'll, we'll give him a shot. We won't count him out before he's yes. even tried. 
So. <laughs> uh, the next thing I included on here a little bit ago was the AV Club, which is one of my favorite blog sites to check for TV and movie stuff. Uh, their writers got together and to, and as a group released their opinion of the best 100 TV shows of the decade from 2010 to 2019. And it's a really interesting list. And their top five uh, were Breaking Bad, Mad Men, Atlanta, Parks and Rec, and The Americans. And I'll have to double check that that was the order they were in from one to five. I was opening that right now, too, because I wanted to see if uh, Breaking Bad was actually number one. I feel like... Yes, Breaking Bad's number one, which I... Yes, I based on obviously I haven't seen every TV show ever. Um, I haven't seen The Americans or Atlanta, but Atlanta has been on my list for a really long time. So, um, and I do I've heard good things about The Americans too. Um, Breaking Bad, though, in my opinion, I fully endorse that as being the best show of the decade. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because Breaking Bad knew its shelf life. It actually did a satisfying series finale that made sense and was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, even even it's not as great episodes were still strides ahead of like good episodes of yeah. other TV shows. And it like it it challenged you as a viewer with where your loyalties were and what you thought of the characters. It did flawed characters really well um, because going into that series finale, which reminder here that this is not a spoiler free podcast um, going into the series finale. Yes. <laughs> I was like rooting for Walt, but at the same time I wanted him to have consequences for what he had done. And so it was kind of a weird place to be in as a viewer because you're like, what do I want to happen to this man? And um, I think it's the second to last episode when he's sitting in the bar wherever he's hiding out and he's going to um, call and turn himself in and just give it up. And then he sees his old business partner and former love on the TV together talking about this, you know, charity that they'd started to fix all this stuff that Walt had caused and all this and just like the look on his face and then you just realize like from the get-go that this man was never some bumbling kind-hearted science teacher like Heisenberg was always there he was just waiting for his excuse and he had always been that person so I think that was one of the best reveals of a character I've ever seen or mm-hmm. read. Like that, if we're talking about show versus telling, that was a perfect example mm-hmm. of show. Yeah. And the realization that you as a viewer have, because he doesn't outwardly say it, you just him watching that. And his change. Of them on the news. Yeah, and you realize, oh, he's always been this way. Like this whole thing was just because he was jealous of his friend yeah. in his college it sweetheart. had very little to do with taking care of his family it had very little to do with yeah the place he'd been put in because of circumstances out of his control i mean he was always just simmering waiting for the yeah. opportunity oh it's so good so it because you know you spend most of the <laughs> show and you start to see some of that before that episode but you spend a good portion of the show like just thinking this is a man that has been shaped by these crazy circumstances and it will just never cease to amaze me that America is the only country in the world that this show could work because nobody (laughs) else has such a shitty shitty healthcare system that it would be conceivable that someone diagnosed with cancer could turn to cooking meth to take care of their bills and yeah. Nobody in America even questioned the idea of that because you could see. Yeah, we all accepted that as, that, yeah. okay, this isn't like a far-fetched fiction thing. That's fine. We're all like, 
oh, this could actually be a person. But yeah, <laughs> and you, yeah. it just made you think like, man, if I was in that position, maybe I would try to cook meth, you know? Yeah, who can Because otherwise I'm just going to die and my family's going to be bankrupt. <laughs> like, But yeah, there's a little part of every American that's like, I could possibly have that same thought if that mm-hmm. happened to me. And that's... So also, yeah, I think that also made it a good show because it made you think about real life things, even though you didn't realize it at the time as that's what it was doing. It wasn't making you think, oh, meth and drug kingpins are bad. Like, it was making you think of actual things that affect you and other people, like healthcare. Not saying meth and drug kingpins don't affect other people, but (laughs) that came out bad. Yeah, and I mean, just the cinematography in that show and... I mean, there, there's just so many moments of that show that I don't think I will ever forget. Like the the one when Hank is in the bathroom and picks up that uh, book of poems by Walt Whitman and real, reads the inscription on it that says to WW and it's signed by that guy whose murder he's been trying to solve. And oh, he, yeah. That's such a good. Oh, there's so many good little yeah, things and he like pieces that. together that. Oh, my God, this is Walt. Walt is this person i've been chasing all along and then of course the ozymandias episode when they have the shootout out in the desert and i loved the promos they did for that of the heisenberg hat blowing in the desert and um, brian cranston reading the ozymandias poem which was great Mm -hmm. and just the and the the finale like we said like the it him tying it up to where yeah he did get he did get jesse out of that situation um but it all came back to down down to just who he really was inside and he got to he got to die among the actual love of his life which was his meth yes. production which was baby yes. blue as they played the song as he panned <laughs> out so <laughs> yeah that's a it's a great series finale series finales are really yes. hard and the breaking bad one i love looking at lists of people's best and worst series finales i do it all the time (laughs) (laughs) um and that one is frequently on the best list and i don't think i've ever seen it on a worst list uh Uh, they put mad men as number two i did i did very much enjoy mad men um i don't know for me if it was quite number two for the whole decade but that was also a very good show um I, yeah. I liked that series finale for the most part, too, because it I kind of <laughs> liked how it leaves you with the, like, wait, was this entire show about the development of the most famous Coca-Cola commercial in the world? Was that what <laughs> yeah. this whole show was? <laughs> uh, I, I didn't like the finale when I first watched it. I don't know how many people actually did. Yeah. Like, when you first experienced it, and were like, oh. You're like, what? <laughs> but... But later, after I had time to think about it and digest it, I really do like how Mad Men, Mad Men ended. Um, and I think that was their purpose with that ending. I don't think anyone was supposed to feel instant gratification when you first mm-hmm. watched it. And this might be controversial, but I do think through the last few seasons, and especially by the end, Mad Men did very well to its female characters. Yes, it did. Especially given the time period it was in and where they started. Yeah. And, I mean, if nothing else, that entire series was worth getting to watch Peggy walk down the hallway with her box of stuff with the the cigarette and her sunglasses on. Like, that was was worth any missteps it really had to me. Um, Yeah, I loved where Peggy ended. I loved where... um, Joan. Was her name Joan? Or is that the actress? Uh, Christina Hendricks. I loved Joan. Yeah. I really liked where her character ended. Uh, I don't remember what happened to John Draper's wife. What was her name? <laughs> the actress is January yes, Jones. Yes, I, I can't remember her name either. I um, Well, I just always remembered Sally Draper because now Kiernan is in Sabrina. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I can't remember her name. Um. They do have Parks and Rec on here as well, which I also agree with. Parks and Rec is it's very similar to The Office in that I can just put it on again from the beginning and watch the whole thing through, and then I'll just start it over again. Yeah, I think they with 
a decade of office comedies are a big uh, mm-hmm. genre. And I think they're kind of like, okay, out of the office comedies, which one? Which one's the top one? Is the best one. And I think Park, I think Parks and Rec is of them, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, I do like The Office, but Parks and Rec is just a little more wholesome. <laughs> it, it is a little more wholesome. <laughs> but, and I mean, Parks and Rec has uh, um, Little Sebastian, which is probably like one of my favorite yeah. things ever <laughs> out of there. And... Jean Ralphio and <laughs> my um Ryan's sister is a civil engineer she's super cool and they have a piece of machinery at one of her jobs named oh, Little that's Sebastian neat. <laughs> that's totally unrelated <laughs> but she told me about it last week um farther up in the list I was just scrolling through you know the full 100 there is Rick and Morty is at 17 which I think definitely deserves to be on the list too, because that is just, as it says in here, like it, it just encompasses existential dread that a lot of us feel so well. And there are some episodes of that show that like, by the end of the episode, I'm just like, man, like I need to go to bed because that was just a lot (laughs) for me to deal with. And I, I do think, um, uh, what is it? Intergalactic television. I can't remember if there's a, if it's intergalactic or a slightly different word, but I think that's one of the best episodes of TV period because it has, it just lets, you know, the voice talent do a bunch of improv hysterically throughout the whole hour. But then it also has the big reveal um, between Morty and this new summer that they've moved in with. And he, Um, reveals to her that there are the bodies in the backyard and they're not their original Rick and Morty and has the line of like something along the lines of um, everything is meaningless. There's no point to life. Come watch TV. Yeah. um, Nobody exists for anything. Nobody exists for a reason. Yeah. Something like that. And uh, yeah, which is basically just the tagline for Rick and Morty, I think at this point. (laughs) So yeah. yeah, there's a lot of shows on here that I have not watched. I am pleased that The Great British Baking Show is number 25. Me too. Yes. Who doesn't love Honestly, The Great that British Honestly, that show? would be in my personal top five, really, because it's just wonderful yeah. television. Um, the Good Place is number six, which I know you have not watched, but I agree it should be in the top ten because there's just there is no other show mm-hmm. like it. And it's really hard to make, especially a 30-minute comedy, that's original. Yeah. <clears throat> that sounds, like, not, that's original in, like, setting, characters, premise. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. And it, it's almost over. Um, I think there's, like, a 90-minute finale in January, and that's the end of it. It's like Breaking Bad, where they're like, okay, season four is our last one. Yeah. We could have gone on for many more seasons, like, the nbc or abc um nbc they would have paid for but it but they know but this is where the story naturally yeah, they ends. know the limit uh yeah it's an interesting list there's a lot on here i haven't seen bob's burgers is i i really like bob's burgers too <laughs> i love bob's burgers <clears throat> um yeah there's a lot on here that i've been meaning to watch and i haven't watched there's things I forgot about, like community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if nothing else, I'm definitely going to make it a point to watch Atlanta now. So, yes, I really want to watch Atlanta. I think Donald Glover is very mm-hmm. talented and a creative genius in everything he does. Yeah. So even though I haven't seen Atlanta, I feel like it should be in the top. Yeah, five. and there's a there's a commercial that was for. Um, it might have been this year, it might have been last year, but it was when a new season of Atlanta was starting. And it, it like, it was just so perfect that I was like, I have to watch this show. Because it had clips from the season in there. But in the background, it had a children's choir um, doing, I cannot think of who the artist is, but that rap song called I Ain't, I Ain't Got No Type. And so it's a bunch of, yeah. like, very <laughs> young children and doing, like, a 
choral version of I Ain't Got No Type, Bad Bitches Are the Only Thing That I Like. (laughs) (laughs) And it just, like, cracked me up so much. So I will make it a point to watch that. Uh, Moving on from that, Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, got a new trailer. And it revealed the redesigned Sonic. Everyone is relieved. He looks so much better. He doesn't have creepy human teeth and really small eyes. Yes. <laughs> Anymore. He, he looks a He lot does better. look a lot better. He looks pretty much exactly like the video game uh, version of him. And I know they probably just swung to sticking really close to that since the first thing was um, so bad. Uh, the cynical part of me is not even entirely convinced that the new Sonic wasn't the one they just had the whole time, and then they made that crappy one to, like, stir up controversy and be like, look, we listen to the fans. We change. You know? All right, tinfoil so, hat. <laughs> so I am a little tinfoil <laughs> hat about it, but... Um, they also did a better cut of the trailer that actually made the movie look interesting to me and they didn't use gangster's paradise by trying to be cool and edgy which did not work in the first one at all it wouldn't have worked if the sonic looked normal in the first yeah and i i mean i'm still on the fence of like if i'm going to prioritize seeing this movie or not but if nothing else yeah jim carrey looks like he's having a blast making that movie yeah he looked like he had a good time (laughs) And I want good things for yes. Jim Carrey. I don't know why. I just, obviously, I don't, he's a stranger to me, but I just want him I to know. be happy. <laughs> Same, though. I mean, he's, I think he's said some weird things in his life, but I mean, he's one of those stars that hasn't really had like a major controversy for being a, a douchebag. So if he could keep yeah. that up, that would be great. <laughs> um. In other news, Disney Plus officially launched, and I have to I have to admit, um, it's such a, a tragic thing, I can't even form my words correctly. Neither Chelsea or I currently have Disney Plus. <laughs> we are not- No, surprising We are not everyone. one of the 90 million subscribers. Um, part of this was because Mickey Mouse made me a little mad, Um as much as I love Mickey Mouse, <laughs> as much as I am a Disney freak through and through, um, the the tiny little anti-capitalist voice within myself was very mad with Disney Plus because I was like, you guys own Hulu. Just put everything on Hulu. Like, why do I need to yeah. have a separate <laughs> thing? Like, expand what Hulu is and put it all on there. And I was, like, frustrated because I know... Other companies were already looking into doing their own streaming service, and this is just going to make it worse. And we're going to get to this point where literally everything has its own streaming service, and then someone's going to come in and bundle the, bundle them in a package, and now we're just back to cable. Like, this is like... <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, so I was, I was grouchy. But as of today, I think I've had 8 million people personally um, gasp when I told them I didn't have Disney Plus yet. And... <laughs> I I know all about Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian, and I have to say, as soon as we finish recording these podcasts, I'm going to, I have the thing up on my computer right now, and I'm going to hit purchase on Disney+. Plus. So, um, if, if nothing else, because I've heard so many really great things about the Mandalorian beyond Baby Yoda, yeah. I've heard a lot, and which, for the record, I know that's not literally Yoda, but, I mean, I don't know what else you call him, but... Um, I don't think it, they have a name for his no, species. No, so he's a... Or is his species named Yoda? Yoda? I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> as of today, December 7th, I am going to purchase Disney Plus and I will be binge-watching <laughs> The Mandalorian this weekend. So. Yeah, my reasoning was, there's just so much streaming services. Yeah. I was like, I already have many. I don't want to... Gosh, I don't want to shell out $12 to like 30 different companies yes, every because- month. And then I decided I would wait to see maybe how The Mandalorian goes, like its reviews. Mm-hmm. And then it got very good reviews, and then suddenly Baby Yoda showed up. And here we are. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and then like another Baby Yoda meme showed up of him drinking the little teacup. Yes. And my brain was like, 
yeah. Oh no. And then <laughs> we might have to Someone else did tell me that uh Recess and Darkwing Duck are on there. So Yeah. Here's the you know what? The the anti-capitalist is has lost again. So we have I lost. Will shake my fist at Bob Iger in the sky, and I will give them my seven dollars a month. So, um, once I've watched The Mandalorian, we can talk more about it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it too. Uh, a small thing that maybe someday might be a big thing was the Lord of the Rings Amazon series, which I keep mm-hmm. forgetting about. And then something like this happens, and I'm like, oh, that is happening, isn't it? Uh, it got a renewal for season two. It's only a pre-production for season one. Which is a very good sign if they're only in pre-production and Amazon... I think Amazon is banking on this being their big show. I would say so because they're they're no longer going to have to compete with Game of Thrones because that's wrapped. And not saying that that's like, mm-hmm. you know, necessarily a direct competitor to Lord of the Rings. It's just in that... It's, it's a, a, it's a, a fantasy. like a medieval type fantasy thing. So there's a space yeah. open. Yeah, there's a space open for that. Um, so I'm excited to see that when it comes out. Yeah, I'm not no. opposed to it. I have no idea what part of Lord of the Rings it's going to be doing, but I don't know. But I'm I'll watch I'm it. Ready to watch it? Yeah. <laughs> um, random tidbit of news. Nicolas Cage is going to be playing Nicolas Cage in a movie about Nicolas Cage. I read this link earlier today, and the meta-ness of it hurts my brain a little bit. <laughs> I know. I'm very picky about meta things, and it, I, I love meta when it's done really mm-hmm. well, but that very rarely happens. Yes, and <laughs> Nicolas Cage, I would say, is actually another one of those people that I'm very glad he hasn't been outed as a total jerk um oh yeah he's another person that he seems like he's just mildly off kilter but i hope the man is just happy and living his best life um yeah he's not problematic no, and I, as far as anything has come out he seems like a nice person i feel like probably long before this but it just kind of seems to me like the big turning point was when he played big daddy and kick ass he's just kind of been playing nicholas cage <laughs> since then <laughs> or at least that's been my perception yeah but i mean <laughs> That goes as far back as, like, Raising Arizona in the 80s. I mean, you know, he just played characters like that. But then he kind of got a little bit more mainstream, quote, quote, with, like, National Treasure. Well, yeah, and he won an Academy Mm -hmm. Award in 1996, according to that thing. Yeah, (laughs) and I watched Mandy earlier. I would say the out of the people I watched it with, I think I generally liked it and was probably the only one. Um, It was super bizarre and... As you can see, you can't see on this podcast, but the picture from this article of oh, him yeah. in the car. Um, <laughs> him and Mandy. I mean, I, I enjoyed Mandy just for its sheer bananas, Nicholas Cage-ness. Cage-ness. Um, But I do appreciate <laughs> that the people that are doing this movie, like, basically reached out to him to be like, we have this movie. It's not meant to mock you at all. This is actually a love letter to your career and your art. And would you please be a part of it? <laughs> and I just kind of, I just kind of like that someone's getting to do that. So I guess I will, I will keep an eye on how this is going. I know Nicolas Cage was also in Portland for um, oh. several weeks filming a movie here about something to do with a chef and a truffle pig. So... Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess we will be seeing more of Nicolas Cage probably next year. Yeah. Uh, recently, Marvel released the first Black Widow trailer with zero fanfare or anyone knowing it was coming. It just suddenly dropped on a very random day in the early morning. And it looks good. Um, I am excited for it. I will see it. Um, uh, wow. It's the director a woman oh um that's a good question i'm not saying it has to it be, would be helpful. but i mean wonder woman and captain marvel did very well with women directors is what i'm saying uh yes kate shortland okay good. um <laughs> and that that is not to say that 
men are not capable of telling wonderful stories with women characters. There are plenty that are. 100%. Yes, there are very, there's a lot out there but that are. I think it's wonderful when men sometimes realize there are unique facets of being a woman and a woman's story that they just will never, I should say, cisgender men for the most part, will never relate to. So yeah. that is why Wonder Woman was done so well, is because they... Yes, Patty Jenkins did yes. super well. And you can really see based on how you compare Wonder Woman in, like, the Justice League movies, in Batman versus Superman or whatever, um, you can see the differences. Um, So I have a lot of hope for this movie. I think it'll be a good time, for sure. Um, I I don't know. The timing is always going to be weird to me. The timing is weird. I feel like we should have done this after Age of Ultron. And not after... Black Widow has died, and the core Avenger story is over. Like, there's nothing... It doesn't feel like there's anything for them to discover from her past, because they're all Yeah. Done. Well, Thor still has another movie, but it's, like, a new branch of Thor Yeah, stuff. it seems like they just ultimately treated her like an afterthought, which is annoying. Um, yeah. So, you know... But I will still go see it. Yes, I will go see it. Um, Another trailer that came out just earlier this week was the second full trailer for Mulan, which is coming out in March. uh, The live action version of Mulan by Disney, I should say. Um, Now, there are two groups of people who are not excited about this movie. Um, One being people who are perfectly understandably upset with the lead actress and some of the comments she's made about the protests in Hong Kong and being against the protesters and that sucks that's that's really shitty yes um and I completely 100% understand anybody who would choose to boycott this movie because of that that's I would never begrudge anyone that 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 completely makes sense yeah um I will still be seeing it just because, personally, I know there's hundreds of other people that have worked on this movie. Um, and I think it would kind of suck for her stupid comments t- to bring down a lot of the hard work they did. I appreciate that yeah. we have a movie set in China that is populated with actual creatives and artists and actors and actresses from China. <laughs> the way it should be. Yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> I want to see movies like that do well that are doing diversity the way they should be um so i want to support that i love the story of mulan anyway yeah so i will still i will still be seeing it um the second camp of people who are not really excited about this movie are i this we said you're gonna get opinions whether you wanted them or not um i will say (laughs) some of the things that people are upset with in this movie again goes back to for me if we're gonna remake the animated versions in live action why do you want them to be a second for second retread why yeah you just, just watch, watch the old one the original animated <laughs> these one. are supposed to be a new interpretation and honestly i didn't see the lion king i'm sure it was beautiful i'll watch it but from what i know that was basically a scene for scene retread and honestly just a different and that was the criticism yeah. of it, was that it was just the same thing and it was yeah. boring. <laughs> and I want to know, like, I want to see different interpretations of it because this isn't a story that Disney made up. This is, you know, a story they took from somewhere and did an animated interpretation. And now this is an interpretation. Um, I love Mushu in the animated one. I think that was a great character. Oh, yeah. I think it would be weird in this one. Like. Yeah, it would, it would be weird. Yeah, like, why... And, I don't think we need Cricky and yeah. Mushu, you know? Yeah, as much as I love them, but they're not, like, being no. erased. And the people... <laughs> they're still The people there. <laughs> that are upset about it not being a musical and whatever, I, I get. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with seeing a movie that is actually going to show a little bit more realistic battle and show this petite woman in a realistic setting still doing it 
and kicking butt and all of that. And we don't need the songs in there. I will say yeah. in the new trailer, though, if you listen to the music in the background, it is very clearly the reflection song from the animated one. Yeah. So I would just say maybe maybe there is some of the music in here. I don't know. Um, I didn't get the people like... Probably as background music. They're not going to yeah, sing. Yeah, which but... I'm, I'm okay with. I'm okay with it being different. Like, I'm just so baffled when people are like, you're ruining my childhood. Well, um, your childhood still exists. It still exists. <laughs> yeah. It comes back to when we had this long rant about The Little yes. Mermaid. And them casting a black actress. And people are like, you're ruining my childhood because she's not white. I'm like, <laughs> Whoa, she's still Linda. there. <laughs> like, you got to take a back seat there. <laughs> Honestly, if we're approaching it like that, then Disney ruined a lot of people's childhoods who grew up with the actual Little Mermaid fairy tale where she gets her tongue cut out and her fin split in half and she bleeds out on the beach. My European ancestors are rolling (laughs) over in their graves because of that. (laughs) So so I'm excited. Mulan looks good. I still don't feel like we needed the witch... It's a little better that she's the Falcon. Yeah, that, I'm not 100% sure that's the case. I'll let it But happen. that seems to be the vibe from the trailer. She seems to be like the Falcon or Hawk. I might be doing that wrong, but I feel like Falcon's the right word. Um, from the animated version and just making it a, uh, a witch. I saw a couple people complain that they felt like having this witch involved was pitting women against each other. And I guess I could see... Um, I could see the issue with that. I definitely can see where that comes from. I I don't personally feel that way as much because I like women getting to be villains and awful and good. And, you know, I like mm-hmm. people getting to – women getting to do all of it, you know, that kind of thing. But I can, I can see, you know, where that problem comes from. Yeah. I can see where it comes from. Um, it's also a story that has very little – the an animated one has very few female characters yes. in it. And so it's it's adding another woman, which is nice. So yeah. um, it did look like there might be a phoenix. That's a representation of the ancestors rather than like Mushu. Um, and I can see that coming into play with the falcon hawk thing. Like I can, I can kind of see what yeah. maybe is happening there. Um, but overall, I think it looks great. I am very pumped that there is going to be a battle scene with her clearly looking like a woman and being at the front of the line. Yeah, that's got to be at the yeah, end. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. So, yes, I guess we'll wait for more and hope nobody says anything dumb up until the movie's release. <laughs> but if uh, if you're concerned that it's ruining your childhood, I want to remind you that it's free to not go to the movies and stay home. And you'll be okay. Yeah. You'll yeah. be okay. The animated one will always yes. be there. It's not getting erased I from promise the you Mickey Mouse is not holding a gun to your head and forcing you to buy tickets to Mulan. Although he may be holding a gun to my head and making me buy Disney+. Plus. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, no, that, that is actually It's, it's Baby Yoda <laughs> with a water gun. He's Baby holding me Yoda. up until I finish the <laughs> subscription. Standing there with his little soup cup. Ugh. So, <laughs> uh, the last thing I had on our catching up list was something that I've already sent you many long texts about defending again Robert Pattinson as Batman because he made one comment in an interview that he did not think Batman qualified as a superhero, and people lost their shit. <laughs> uh yeah um and i've also noticed with this a new internet trend where dc fanboys suddenly liked ben affleck as batman you never did do not lie (laughs) you always had problems with batfleck okay yes you had problems with batfleck you have problems with my batman robert pattinson because I don't know what you want. I really don't know what you want in a Batman. Yeah. 
what is it that you want? Like, who is your perfect Batman? Who is and it? And he didn't say anything inflammatory or ridiculous. Like, I, I don't think I have ever classified Batman as a superhero. Only no. in the sense that, like, he goes along with the, the superhero world. But Batman's... Yeah. He eventually does the good yeah, thing. Yeah, Batman's superpower is money. That's that. You know, yes. that's... He, That's it. <laughs> he's much more a vigilante than a superhero because a superhero is going to be more like Superman. Yes. He's got a ton of powers. He's more than human. He is always concerned with saving the world, world yeah. peace. They have. When he walks up to answer his questions at the beauty pageant, his answer is always yes. world peace. <laughs> and he has like. Batman otherworldly powers <laughs> things that make him above yes. human <laughs> yes and batman is more of a vigilante that doesn't mean he's a bad guy but what's interesting about him in that role is he could easily step over that line and become a mm -hmm. bad guy that's why like the dark knight series that whole series was about batman treading that line yes like, at any moment, he could tip right in to the bad side because he empathizes and understands the villains, even the Joker, who he was just bad to be bad. He had no real reasons. He just wanted to watch the world burn, and Batman understood mm -hmm. that because a little part of him kind of did, too. Yeah, he understood the anger and the rage and, and stuff like that. And he was not yeah. called the Dark Knight just because he wore black and ran around in the dark. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, it, you know, eventually he was the hero, but there's a reason all the villains try to, like, talk yeah. to him. and there's the whole... <laughs> because he could be one the of whole, them. Like, there's a reason Batman versus Superman exists. Yeah. It's a terrible movie, but there's a reason they fight <laughs> each other. There's a reason for that. There's, there's a reason in uh, um, one of the Dark Knight films that he has the conversation with Harvey Dent about not being the hero that gotham needs but the hero that it deserves because they were having a conversation yeah. about gotham and people like the bad side of humanity like they deserved they didn't deserve the nice shiny superman perfection you know like that's the whole point <laughs> yeah and the whole third movie i'm pretty sure was about how he and bane are basically the same mm -hmm. person yep <laughs> it really was yeah. I mean, you don't they didn't make a movie called Superman versus Wonder Woman. Yeah. Because they would be very on the same page. <laughs> so yeah. So, if anything, Robert Pattinson saying he doesn't view Batman as a superhero makes me believe more that he is the right fit. Yeah. To play He's him. I think he's just trying to he highlight it. the complexity of that character. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Stop trying to make him less complex yes. by making him a yes. superhero. I'm not saying Superman and Wonder Woman are not complex. Because they are. They are, in their own way. Yeah. Stop trying to make Batman less complex. Stop trying to make Mulan less complex by inserting, in, inserting or inserting, whatever word you prefer, <laughs> inserting music in every second. Oh, see the, the anger and the frustration. I can't even form words anymore. So. <laughs> you need baby yoda I know. To again call the me disney down. plus subscription screen is up on the computer <laughs> baby yoda is imminent we held out I for held a month out for a month and now that i'm signing up since you already used my hulu login i guess congratulations to you too because you're gonna get access Woo! to it hey you use my hbo now yes which I'm only 80% sure on this because I'm very confused by all the different HBOs, but my HBO now should turn into HBO Max automatically it, in May. <laughs> what will be on it? I have no Remains idea. Remains to be seen. Friends? But I don't care about so, friends. That's the only thing well, I know. Somewhere someone was like, that controversial opinion was too much for me. I'm shutting off this podcast. <laughs> that I don't like I friends. I don't like friends either. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a nerdy no. thing, though. <laughs> Well, I like a lot of not nerdy things, but my opinion of friends on this podcast should probably not. 
I don't like friends. I, I never got into either. it. There. <laughs> I didn't either. Oh, man. Well, I think that's all the major updates from our little hiatus the last couple months, um, which was, was several big things. So there's a lot coming up as we wrap up this year. But in our next episode, which will um, be up probably after the Christmas holiday in particular, um, but sometime this holiday season, we're going to cover the top everything of 2019, just like we did last year for the top 2018 everything, um, which was actually one of our most popular episodes. So you guys seem to like... Yeah, and one of my favorite ones to do. You guys seem to like our unsolicited opinions on things so we'll be giving you more of that so stay tuned so i think that's everything for this one and we'll talk to you all to the next okay bye nerds nerds. our intro and outro music is courtesy of sneaky creepy on many sounds you can find us on twitter and instagram at nerd ascended you can also email us at nerd ascended podcast appreciated.